0: Listening to Faith FM, and this is Tassie Encounters, broadcasting live from Hobart, right across Australia. And today we're continuing the series Lifetime Search with Gary Webster. Welcome, Gary. Morning, Jason. How are you, Gary?
1: Great. Had a interesting week.
0: Yeah, awesome. Where have you been, Gary? I believe you've been travelling a little bit. Yeah, mainly sitting in meetings up in Melbourne. Okay. Anything um, interesting did you do apart from sitting in meetings? Did you do anything interesting? Did you observe something or experience something a little bit different?
1: Yes, I did. On the weekend, uh, my wife came up and joined me in Melbourne, and we went to some gardens up in the Dandenong Ranges. Absolutely fantastic. Um, what I what I really enjoyed actually, my wife wasn't quite well that day, but by the time we'd wandered through the gardens. It had really helped uh, her her own well-being straight away. and There's something about getting out into nature that does something for you, isn't it?
0: It is, yeah. The fresh air and, uh, I don't know, I think even just uh, experiencing the greenery and, and nature does something good for us. And a good old walk. And speaking of which, um, there is a program or a project that uh, we're going to be running across uh, different places in Tasmania. We've got Golanorky, Margate, Wynyard. Collins Vale, Devonport, Launceston, Waratah, and Rosny. This is the uh, the Livemore project, and that's coming up in uh, the towards the
1: end of May and early June. The starting dates for that. That's and, a fantastic project, uh, Jason. I, you know, you, you listen to the presenter um, Darren Morton. Absolutely an incredible speaker and excellent material. That really is helpful. and fits in actually with with our life time search
0: today. Mm. Yeah, we, we're talking about health and wellness on that as, on our program today but uh, yeah it's a 10 week program and uh, I'd encourage you to check out the information on that if you just google search the live more project you'll find it but also you can text in to our show number 0488 880891 the word live more one word just live more if you text that number 0488880891 we will send you a link to a website where you can get more information about the programs and, and when they're starting and where they're running, et cetera, et cetera, and also more information about the program. So, uh, Gary, just, uh, I guess, um, a bit of a recap on last week's and then uh, we'll get into today's program.
1: Yeah, last week we were talking about uh, the terrorists of the ancient world. You recall, and we showed how archaeology reveals the Bible is historically accurate and very relevant to life. We began to look at that second element, of a source that that helps us to you know really be able to get the best out of life. Um, and so we're, we're we're going to continue that journey, but even more, we're going to look much more at the relevancy of the of the Bible today. Okay, so
0: I guess it's time to get into uh, the topic for
1: today. Yeah, we're going to take a journey to Egypt, that fascinating land of the Nile, Jason. And we're going to discover the Bible is not just historically accurate, but it has sound scientific health principles that are so relevant to our world today, especially in a COVID-19 world. So let's go. Yeah. Um, the ancient Egyptians were really ahead of their times when it came to medical practices, for example, when I take tours to, to Egypt, I take people down to a place called Komombo. There's a temple complex down there. It's on the, journey, on the road from Luxor down to Aswan in the southern part of Egypt there. And when you look at the, the, uh, the diagrams or the, the reliefs on the walls of this temple, you see lots of surgical instruments, for example. You've got the scalpels and the whole range of things. The, the Egyptians were able to heal fractures, couldn't do deep surgery because they didn't have anaesthetics, but they did a lot of you know, bone fracture repair and all sorts of things. They were into obstetrics and gynecology in a big way. In fact, you can see at Komombo uh, a lady giving birth to a baby on what they called their birthing stools and so on. Actually, birthing stools are mentioned in the Bible in the book of Exodus Mm -hmm. uh, during the story of the Exodus from Egypt. But um, the archaeologists have now got uh, texts that the Egyptians written. For example, the the Ebers papyrus document. These are like paper documents. They wrote on what they call papyrus. It's a reed that makes their paper. Right. They've got the Edwin uh, Smith papyrus. And these papyrus documents bring to light the practices, uh, the medical practices of the ancient Egyptians. And as far as they're concerned, they were ahead of their times. Right. But uh, l- let me just say... While they were ahead of their times in some things, they were pretty wacky in other areas. Right, okay. For example, their, their medical remedies. They're mentioned in the Ebers Papyrus, and here's, here's some examples of some of their remedies that they had. Uh, one, they practice bloodletting, you know, we know that's now positively dangerous. So you you suck some blood out with some leeches or make an incision and let the blood flow. That's supposed to make you better. Well, we know that kills you. George Washington, I think it was, Jason, who sort of died because they stuck leeches all over his body trying to suck the blood out of him to make him better. That was one practice they had. Yeah. Another was uh, an eye problem. How about this one? If you've got an eye problem, pour in hot, broken glass into the eye. Wow, <laughs> I reckon you wouldn't have a problem after that because you wouldn't have an eye, you would you? wouldn't have an eye left, you know. here's, here's another couple. Baldness. Apply the goose fat and crocodile dung. I reckon that's why you're going bald, Jason, because you haven't been applying some of that stuff lately. I
0: reckon collecting the crocodile dung could be a dangerous business, Gary. I reckon that would be. You might not have a life left after
1: that. (laughs) Yeah, that might fix the problem. Uh, Then there's splinters. Here's one for splinters. Don't get a splinter. Apply worms' blood and ass's dung. No wonder they died of lockjaw and tetanus and all that sort of thing. So, you know, that's a fascinating thing when you look at some of these medical remedies that they had. Now, they're in the Ebers papyrus. So, so where and when when
0: uh, do those documents date back to?
1: Yeah, right. They all, most of them, especially the Ebers papyrus, which is one of the most famous, they date back to about 1500 BC. Now, that's the exact time of Moses in the Bible, who wrote the first five books of the Bible. Now, Moses, according to the Bible, was raised by the Egyptians. And trained by the Egyptians from the age of twelve. For example, let me just um, let me just get you to read uh, in the book of Acts in the New Testament, but it's referring to the events in the Old Testament. You could read for us Acts chapter seven, verse twenty to twenty-two, and notice how Moses was trained by the Egyptians. Sure,
0: yeah, and I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible, uh, and it says in Acts seven verse twenty. At this time Moses was born and was well pleasing to God. He was brought up in his father's house for three months. But when he was set out, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and brought him up as her own son. And Moses was learned in, or learned, or, Is it learned or learned, Gary? I'm not sure. In all the in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and was mighty in words and deeds.
1: Right. So you got that point you made there. He was learned or learned. He was educated. The wisdom. So Moses would have known about some of this stuff. Yeah. Now I want you to think. Think about that Eber 's papyrus uh, remedies we mentioned a moment ago, bloodletting, eye problems, you know with glass, baldness remedies, and splinters. Imagine if Moses had included all that stuff in the Bible because he knew about all these practices, yeah, now, if that would been in the Bible, what would you say about the Bible? Uh, it'd be a bit crazy exactly I, mm. you'd say, what a wacky book, but the, mm. none of that is in the Bible mm. yet. Moses has many sound scientific health principles, which I want to look at for a moment. So, Jason, when we uh, when we look at some of this, perhaps uh, we, when we come back after this song, I'd like to share some of those sound scientific health principles that that Moses was giving, and that have everything to do with COVID nineteen today.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, let's uh, have a listen to this song, and it's called "Called Me Higher."
2: I could just sit I could just
3: sit and wait for all your goodness hope to feel your presence and I could just stay I could just stay right where I am and hope to feel you hope to feel something again Stay
0: So Gary, later in the program we 're going to have an offer, and it 's an offer that um, is a good one today yeah, absolutely. I'll say more about it later on. We will say more about it, um, but I will just tell our listeners that number again in case you want to text in zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one and you can text us questions or you can text us the code words, remember earlier live more we 'll get you the uh, address to the Health, the uh, the Live More Project information about that health and well being program that we're running in Tasmania. Now, Gary, you are talking about the Bible's sound scientific health principles. You're going to share some of those. So, tell me about that.
1: Yeah, well, let's think about COVID nineteen. We're all very familiar with you know global lockdowns and you know lockdowns every time. One of these things crops up. We're familiar with self-quarantining and hotel quarantining and the whole works. And then, of course, the the hand-washing and the sanitizers and so on and so forth. Now, what's interesting is that Moses, in his books, talks about washing under certain circumstances. For example, um, if you touch a dead body. I want you to read a text for us, uh, Jason. Numbers 19, verse 13. Fascinating. Read this. It
0: says, Whoever touches the body of anyone who has died and does not purify himself defiles the tabernacle of the Lord. That person shall be cut off from Israel. He shall be unclean because the water of purification was not sprinkled on him. His uncleanness is still on him.
1: Yeah, so you get this, when touching a dead body, they had rules about making sure you wash and so on. But it went further than that. It went with discharges or when you've had some running sore or something like that. Have a look at this one in Leviticus chapter 15, verse 13. These, of course, are written by Moses, these passages here. Did, did
0: you want to read uh, Numbers 19, 19 as well? Yes, please. Sorry, I'll do that one and then I'll read the Leviticus one. Yeah. So the clean person shall sprinkle the unclean on the third day and on the seventh day and on... Uh, end on the seventh day. And on the seventh day he shall purify himself, wash his clothes and bathe in water. At the evening he shall be clean.
1: Yeah, so you got the idea again. Yeah, washing
0: in water. Washing in water. So then in Leviticus it says and when he who has a discharge is cleansed of his discharge then he shall count for himself seven days for his cleansing, wash his clothes and bathe his body in running water. Then he
1: shall be clean. Notice the idea of running water there too. Mm -hmm. Now what's fascinating about this Jason is this is all three thousand five hundred years old it wasn't till even two hundred years ago pretty much we didn't have any understanding of these sorts of principles for example yeah. it's
0: basic hygiene really, basic it? hygiene yeah. it is
1: exactly yeah. uh, let me let me take you to the Vienna General Hospital Krankenhaus, they call it in in House. Krankenhaus. Krankenhaus. <laughs> in the 1840s, let's go back to the 1840s. Now, this was the the creme de la creme hospital in Europe pretty much back in those days. So we're talking about the most prestigious, one of the most prestigious hospitals in uh, Europe in the 1840s. The uh, They had a very high mortality rate among uh, the pregnant women who were coming into their hospital – uh, until a guy called Ignace Semmelweis arrives. Now, Ignace Semmelweis was put in charge of one of the maternity wards in this hospital, and uh, he was wondering, well, how can we bring down the, the, the incredible mortality rate among these women? So he just observed for a while, and what he noticed was this. He noticed that doctors would do autopsies on the women who had died the night before, Take their students with them, and of course they'd be putting their hands inside, you know, the cadavers and so on and so forth. And then they would go straight from the autopsy room into the maternity ward and do pelvic examinations on the women without washing their hands because they didn't know about this sort of stuff. Mm. And he thought, I wonder what we—I wonder whether we should wash our hands after we touch a dead body. So he did that. He, he, because he was in charge, he made all the doctors who were on his ward do that. And immediately, the death rate plummeted. Well, after a few, a few uh, months went by, the death rate shot up again, and he went, what's going on now? So, Ignace you know, Semmelweis again watched. And this time he noticed that, um, they would do pelvic examinations on a live woman, and then do another one on, a, on a, another live woman, without washing their hands between the two. Hmm. So he thought, I wonder whether we should wash our hands every time we'd done an, an examination. And immediately they did that, the death rate plummeted. But, it,
0: it seems really obvious to us now, It does now. But uh, obviously back then it hadn't been thought of, and yet thousands of years ago this was the instruction given
1: to uh, Moses. Exactly. And so, you know, one of the problems was the doctors hated that fussy habit so they, they, they concocted a way to get rid of Igna Semmelweis, and he was removed, and they went back to their old practices of no washing, and up went the death row. Up
0: went the death row, it, yeah. It's
1: incredible when you think about it. Look, that's not the only thing, um, uh, Jason. The Bible even mentions quarantining. I want you to have a look at this text, this again from Moses, Leviticus 13, verse 46. Read this text for us.
0: It says, He shall be unclean. All the days he has the sore, he shall be unclean. He is unclean and he shall dwell alone. His dwelling shall be outside the
1: camp. Fascinating. So they Mm. knew about quarantining if you've got a disease. You need to remove people from contaminating others Mm. for a while. Then there's this one. Uh, burying body waste. Well, we don't have that problem today. Um, we, you know, we go to the toilet. We got a toilet so we can flush it. Like. But they yep. didn't have that back in ancient times. Now, for example, we're talking about the Exodus here and they wa- wandered in the desert of Sinai for eventually 40 years. Mm. What are they going to do with their toilet waste? Well, they were told. Dig a the hole. Dig a hole. Yeah. read this. Text. Here it is. Here. Deuteronomy twenty three thirteen. Jason,
0: it says, and you shall have an implement among your
1: equipment, and when that'd you be a
0: spade. We'd call yeah, it a spade. Yeah. Yep. And when you sit down outside, you shall dig with it and turn
1: and cover your refuse. Interesting, isn't it? So, in other words, it's outside the camp. Take a shovel and bury it. Now, mm. let me tell you something fascinating. This is if you go back to Europe, back in the, what we call the Dark Ages. You know the. It was fascinating to see what was happening in some of these places. They had no idea of this sort of thing. Um, for example, the, guess, where they, guess where they'd put the potty? In the kitchen. Wow. Some places. <laughs> and, you know. So there's the potty in the kitchen. Nice place to have a potty, of course. Mm. And what would they do with this thing? Well, in the middle of the night, they would empty the potty out onto the paving outside into the streets. Into the into the streets, yeah. Now, everyone else is doing the same thing. Um, you can understand why they had all sorts of problems, disease, you see. But if they had known the biblical principles, this sort of thing would would not have happened uh, to that same degree. Now, the point is this, Jason. 3,500 years ago, the Bible instructed people to wash their hands after touching a dead body. It instructed people to quarantine when there's disease, and it instructed people to bury their waste. And it's only in the last... 100 to 200 years, a couple of hundred years, these health principles have now been rediscovered. Now, how relevant is the Bible when you think about it? Mm. I'm going to read to you from a medical encyclopedia that talks about these principles that we find in the Bible. Now, this is a medical um, uh, encyclopedia talking about the things about we've just read. Here it is. The idea of contagion was foreign to the classic medical tradition and found no place in the voluminous Hippocratic writings. Now, Hippocrates was sort of the father of modern medicine or medicine. So there was no idea of contagion in in their works. The Old Testament, that's the Bible, the passages we've been reading, however, it's a rich source for contagionist sentiment. That's the Encyclopedia of Medical History. Incredible when we think about how relevant and how scientifically valuable uh, was were the Bible writings. Mm. So sound scientific health principles is the point we're making here this morning, Jason. not just historically accurate but very relevant to life yeah now jason we're going uh we're, we're beginning to see just how relevant this book is, of course um, let's take another song, and when we come back. I want to share even more of the Bible's Sound Scientific Health Principles, which will sort of really blow us away, because these relate to life today.
0: Okay. Now, before we do uh, take a song, Gary, I'm going to just uh, tell our listeners a little bit about the offer that we've got today. It's a book uh, called Health and Wellness, Secrets That Will Change Your Life. And I'm just going to read a little bit about the synopsis so you know what you are getting if you text in the code that we'll give you a bit later. It's, it says, how much would you pay to learn the secrets to lifelong health and wellness? health and wellness secrets that will change your life shows you spectacularly simple ways to avoid such chronic killers such as cancer, diabetes heart disease and obesity you'll learn how good nutrition heals the body and boosts the mind, how purpose increases resilience and how love and forgiveness mend the heart so that sounds like a pretty uh, good sort of book to read I think.
1: Absolutely and Jason by the way as you were reading out those various diseases, diabetes, heart disease, cancer and so on, I'm fascinated to notice that They've done autopsies on Egyptian mummies, found that they had many of those lifestyle diseases that we have today. That book is really onto it.
0: Yeah, way back then. Okay, so let's uh, have a listen to this next song, and it's called Ancient Words. And I guess uh, being that we're talking about the Old Testament scriptures here, we are talking about ancient words, aren't we? You're right. And uh, there's, there's wisdom in them that we can all learn from. And that was Michael W. Smith with Ancient Words. was a live performance you can hear by the clapping. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, Gary, um, I've got two Davids on the show. I nearly called you David. I'm sorry, Gary. Uh, Gary, we were talking about some of these scientific health principles that uh, the scriptures contain, the old ancient words, and
1: um, we've got some more to share. Sure, Jason. Uh, You know, when we think about the 3,500 years old, I mean, that's and and so up to date. You know, just listen to that song, beautiful song, Ancient Words, True. The, 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 The Bible writings on the subject of health have so many sound scientific health principles. I wanted to share with you some other things that Moses wrote about, not only about hygiene. He talked about the importance of avoiding animal fat. Mm -hmm. I want you to read for us a text from Leviticus 7.23. If you could just read that for us, uh, Jason. So it says
0: in Leviticus 7.23, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, You shall
1: not eat any fat of ox, sheep or goat. Now, we think of that and we almost say, Well, we've known that for yonks, (laughs) you know. Because medical science is saying that today, isn't it? But some people like the fat. <laughs> oh yeah, of course, of course we do. We we like the things, many many things that are not good for us. We like. But you think about how much science has been telling us lately yeah. about cutting back on on, on meats. Uh, for example, the American Heart Association had this to say. Well, let me let me read. It is now widely accepted that diets high in animal fats are unhealthy, and that reducing saturated fat. Um, that's animal fat, Uh, it helps lower the risk of heart disease. The American Heart Association recommends limiting saturated fats which are found in butter, cheese and red meat and other animal-based foods. Decades of sound science has proven it can raise your Bad cholesterol and put you at a high risk for heart disease. That's the American Heart Association. So, in other words, be careful. That's the advice. And yet, the mm. Bible said this three thousand five hundred years ago. Hey, watch that. It, it's interesting
0: too, though, isn't it that that our our modern uh, health um, systems go through cycles and and uh, true. Friends, you know, like for a long time, this this message has been around for a long time, this yeah. this message about lowering uh, saturated fats and um, what have you. And then for a little while, they threw that out and, you know, saturated fats aren't that bad. Mm-hmm. And then now it's back in again to say, well, mm-hmm. no, hang on, we do have to be careful with saturated fats. And yet yeah, exactly. here it is all along. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And that's not the only thing Moses pointed out. To, he was showing that a plant based diet was the best for optimal health. Let me let me get you to read another passage on this. Read the, the opening chapter of the Bible, Genesis one twenty nine, and have a look at the diet man was originally given. Thanks, Jason.
0: Yep. And it says And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be for food.
1: In other words, when God gave man a diet, humans a diet, it was it was vegetables and fruits and nuts and grains, uh, because of course, I mean, there was nothing dead, was there? Yeah, that's right. yep. you know, the Bible says death came after, um, and so they weren't eating animal products; they were eating eating um, vegetables and fruits. Now, medical science certainly backs this up. Let me read to you a couple of interesting quotes. This one, the first one, is from uh, Dan Buchner. This is from the National Geographic uh, magazine back in January uh, last year, January 2020. I want to, want to read what he says in uh, this article in the National Geographic magazine. Me- meals developed over generations based on whole grains, greens, nuts and beans offer the promise of eluding disease and staying healthy. Interesting. Wow. Now, he was examining or in this article talking about different cultures who actually live primarily on plant-based diet. Here's another one. This one's from um, Lily Henderson in New Zealand this time, National Nutrition Advisor in the New Zealand Heart Foundation. And that's what she said. There's no debating the science. A diet packed with plant foods does wonders for your health. Interesting comment from across the ditch in New Zealand there. yeah, And probably just uh, another one here. Research over many years has linked plant-based diets to lower rates of heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and some cancers, as compared with diets high in meat and other animal products. So this is… Interesting. And it goes on to say, dietary guidelines and recommendations from nutrition experts reflect this encouraging the adoption of diets that are heavy on fruits and vegetables and restrict consumption of red meat. That's Dr. Robert um, Schmerling, uh, a doctor, senior faculty editor of the Harvard Health um, Publishing Company. So these are are world renowned type people who are saying all this stuff.
0: Yeah. So it's not it's not some uh, you know person with um, you know just crazy ideas.
1: <laughs> and the point we're making here is it's not it's not some wacky idea of the Bible. No, the Bible got it right. It, it's sound advice. It's sound advice from three thousand five hundred years ago. But let me let me show you. Let's go to ancient Babylon to illustrate what can happen when we follow these principles. Okay? okay, fascinating. When we when we see you remember in our first program a couple of weeks ago, Jason, we talked about a guy called Nebuchadnezzar. The cap, the, the the king of Babylon. Yes, uh, this guy, as we mentioned, made three raids against Jerusalem, and we he took captives to Babylon. Yeah. Now, one of the captives he took in one of his raids was a, an Israelite king called Jehoiachin. Okay. Now I want you to read for us. So I, want, I want I want our listeners to hear these words are actually mentioned in the Bible. Now read for us Second Kings twenty four fifteen, which actually tells us that. Well, let me read that uh, this morning, Jason. Uh, it's only a short one. So Nebuchadnezzar took Jehoiachin captive to Babylon. Very specifically, he took this guy captive. But not only that, the Bible says. He gave him a ration. That is a a, a portion of food uh, 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 that he was allotted. Mm -hmm. Now, I want you to read that for us because this is going to be very important. Read Jeremiah 52, 34, and let's have a look at this idea of a ration given to this king.
0: Yeah, so this is talking about King Jehoiachin. And as for his provisions, there was a regular ration given him by the king of Babylon, a portion for each day until the day of his death, all the days of his life.
1: Now, why am I getting you to read I those do, passages? I
0: actually don't know, Gary, so let me <laughs> you're
1: going to have to elaborate. Because what I want you to see is the Bible mentions this king by name and it mentions he was given a ration. Now, believe it or not, when the Germans were excavating in uh, Iraq, some years ago now, they discovered the very ration tablet of King Ji Unbelievable.
0: So this is a, a clay tablet that clay talked tablet. about
1: what he was given Exactly. So, so, you know, today you get, um, well, I was going to say pavlova, not good for breakfast, but then you get this for this meal and you get this and, and this is what it's you the get menu. each day. It's, it's the, the menu. menu. Yeah, yeah, it's the menu, exactly. Now, you can see that ration tablet today in Berlin in the Pergamon Museum. I, I just love showing people that because, hey, the Bible talked about it. And lo and behold, they found the Babylonian ration tablet. Now, I want to say that this is important because what we're now going to move into. Because you'll remember, or we'll come to this in future programs, I want to talk about Daniel as a psychic. Now, you may not have thought of Daniel as a psychic,
0: no because we we think of psychics as uh, not um, necessarily getting messages from god although some people might think no. that
1: yeah well the, the yeah. idea is a psychic he's giving he's getting messages from somewhere from somewhere about the, the future, future usually yeah. all yeah. right or not in the bible it doesn't have to just be about the future it might be stuff that's going to be relevant to us right now mm-hmm. but the point is he's getting his information from outside now daniel his whole book is about his messages that he got, and so many of them are relevant today. And we'll have a look at that in the, some of the programs coming because they're mind boggling. Mm. But remember, I said a few, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Jason, that the book of Daniel is found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. It was one of the favorite. So this book goes back to at least 2,200 years ago. That's the copies. The originals go back 2,700, 600 years ago. Okay. So let me just share with you what happens with Daniel. Now, Daniel is living in Jerusalem when the Babylonians attack in the first raid, and he's carted off because he's one of the one of the the, the um, from the what would we call it the, the educated intellectual class yeah. yeah the educated cl- uh, class in Jerusalem. Yeah. So he's carted off from Jerusalem up through the rest of Israel, up through Syria, right up to where we're on the edge of what we would call Turkey today, and then down between the two rivers, the Mesopotamia, we call that. So that's a good walk. (laughs) We wouldn't want to do that, um, you know, every day. Now, I'm sure they weren't having, you know, cream puffs on the way, and, you know, she was sort of probably bread and water. These boys were captives. Yeah. And they get to Babylon, and the king decides, listen, you guys, you're going to be advisers because, I mean, I control Palestine now and I need someone who knows that area and can advise me. So you guys are going to be advisers. But he gives them a diet. And the diet basically is, you know, the king's wine and the king's rich food, you know, plenty of rich meats and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But I want to notice what Daniel uh, does when he's given this 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 food. This is what it says in the Bible, Daniel 1, verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart, in other words, Jason, he made a decision it's, yep. that he would not defile himself with the portion, the ration, it's in the in the Hebrew. So this he was given a ration just like Jehoiachin. Jehoiachin's ration, now Daniel's got a ration. He's not going to defile himself with this sort of stuff that the king is giving him that's on his table, uh, and his delicacies. Nor with the wine which he drank. He says, listen, no, 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 no. He actually turns to the cook, if you like, and he says, "Just give me uh, vegetables, fruits, and some water to drink. That'll do." And the guy looks at him and he says, "You crackers?" Um, much, much like some people say today, don't they? You know, if if, if, people,
0: if you're vegetarian, yeah, yeah, you know,
1: and and so he says, "No, no, 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 no way. Because you'll look you'll look weak and insipid. Because that's often the, the the thinking."
0: And then it's and just, then his job would have been on the line. And his job—that's yeah. well, what he said. He yeah. said,
1: "My head will be on the on the on the chopping block if if it doesn't work out." He says. Okay, then he goes to the guy in charge of, of the guy in the cook, of the cook and he says to him, now listen, just give me 10 days and my mates, the so three three mates with him, he says, just give us 10 days on this diet of fruits, vegetables and water and you, you, you check the difference between us and the rest of the guys who are on the king's food. After 10 days, the guy says, okay, man, you, you guys look fresh, you look pretty smart, you look good, you look better than the rest, you can stay on that diet. Now they were in the University of Babylon, basically, yeah. and so for the next two, three years they're on that diet. Then the king comes in and he examines them and he says, uh, asks them all these questions of all the students in this university, and basically he says, "Wow, you guys, man, how come you're, you're ten times smarter? You look fresher and younger than the rest. What's going on here?" Now he didn't know about the diet. The Bible is giving the picture. These guys followed the principles that really today are modern, sound, scientific health principles. So it does make a difference. And I guess that's the point, Jason. And uh, let me just read to you um, what the king says so we can see that. At the end of the ten days, their features appeared better, fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of their delicacies. When the king examines them, he says, In all matters of wisdom... And understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers, we would say the psychics, who were in all his realm. Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. So this guy stays in the palace of the king until the Medo-Persians take over some 70 years later, pretty much. Mm.
0: Well, Gary, we we need to go to another break. Um, I hope you're ready. I'm ready, Jason. <laughs> okay. But what,
1: what 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 all that says to me is, come on, man. Yeah. I mean, this is in the Bible. This story is 2,600 years, but they're following the same principles that Moses gave that we talked about earlier.
0: They are, and and of course, today it's only really been in recent times that some of this information about you know, like the the v- fruits and vegetables exactly. has really come to, to light in our society. Well, I remember
1: when I was a kid, this wasn't even spoken about. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that says something about how old I am.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Gary, I'm just going to tell our listeners about um, this health and wellness book again. Um, you can text us in after the break. We'll give you the code 488 880 and the the Health and Wellness book caught the attention of award-winning documentary filmmaker Martin Doblemeyer. While there are countless self-help books on the market today, Health and Wellness, Secrets That Will Change Your Life stands apart because it speaks from proven success.
1: And actually, Jason, after this next song, I'm going to share some of those life studies that they've actually done That that illustrate that beautifully. But that book, that's a winner.
0: Yeah, awesome. Okay, so we'll give you the code after the break. Uh zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Here's a excellent song called Thy Word by Amy Grant.
1: and those words, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Oftentimes we think about those, don't we, in terms of uh, spirituality and journey, but what we've seen this morning is uh, these are actually a lamp to our path today, especially in this area of healthful living.
0: Yeah, so it's it's not just spiritual matters. It's practical. Practical living. Uh, health matters, etc. yeah. So um, I promised the code for this book, Health and just what, I just need to make sure I've got the name right. Health and Wellness, that's right. The code for today's book is DIG and the number 2. So that's DIG2, just the digit 2. And, uh, one word, no spaces. If you text that to 488 891 we will get you a copy of this book. We uh, hope to hear from you. So, Gary, we're uh, coming towards the end of our program. What have you got uh, to share with us to to summarise some of
1: these uh, points that we've been talking about? Yeah, and I thought it would be good to look at what's actually happening today. Um, The studies that have been done, famous studies have been done over the last few years on this matter of, you know, for example, uh, be careful of how much fat and a a plant-based diet. I want to refer to a National Geographic front cover story, uh, Secrets of Living Longer. And uh, in this uh, um, article of uh, this issue of the National Geographic, I want you to notice what it said. A study of Sardinians, people in Italy, Okinawans, Japanese, certain uh, Japanese group, and Californian Seventh Day Adventists revealed that these groups produce a high rate of centenarians—people who live to over a hundred. Yep. So they have an excess number of people.
0: Do you know, j- just on that, I heard an interesting fact yesterday morning yep. that we have. One person in Australia living somewhere in the outback of Australia who's 111 years old. Oldest person in Australia at the moment.
1: Wow, lucky guy. They've done all right. <laughs> <laughs> They've done all right. So they, they produce a high rate of centenarians, suffer a fraction of the disease that commonly kill people in other parts of the developed world, and enjoy more healthy years of life. So while they live longer, they live better longer. Yeah. Now, that was from... Um, the longevity the secrets of long life what I want to share now is some famous studies that have been done they've been going for a number of years now they're funded by the United States government um, they are what they call the Adventist lifestyle studies they're looking at Seventh-day Adventists in California uh, because they're on some of the similar diet that we're talking about here and I'm sharing this to show what happens to, to anybody who practices these sort of principles for example in these studies show that for longevity, for living longer, uh, Seventh-day Adventist men live 7.3 years longer. You might say, well, who cares about 7.3? You wait till you get to 70. You want to be longer, don't Live longer. Yeah, <laughs>
0: as long as you're in good health. <laughs> as long as you're in
1: good health. Adventist women live 4.4 years longer. This is compared to the, the normal population or the other popul- part of the population in this area of California. Then for all cancers... They've discovered that Adventist men have a 60% lower death rate from all cancers. Adventist women, a 76% lower death rate. Bowel cancer, 62% lower for Seventh-day Adventists. And then uh, breast cancer is 85% lower for Seventh-day Adventists. Coronary heart disease, the last one I want to talk about. Adventist men have a 60% lower incidence from coronary heart disease. And Adventist women are whopping 98% lower incidence. Now, that's, that's incredible. That's just in a group that they've studied over many years now, probably about 30 years, who have similar lifestyle practices. Now,
0: of course... Um, in that group, most would be practicing these dietary guidelines, but not everyone would be. So, no, exactly. Know, and yeah.
1: and the reason, Jason, is not because they happen to be Seventh Adventists. Mm. It's because most of the people in this group actually practice, you know, not eating very much fat at all, animal fat, and basically a, a plant based diet. So yeah. anybody can have these advantages. Yeah. You know, but just that they had a here's a group of them together. We can easily study so them. It's a
0: it's a group that they can study in yeah. a more controlled manner. Yeah. And the
1: point I'm making here is. The Bible has these principles and God wants us all to have them. We just heard Amy Grant, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light. Anyone can have these things if we follow what the Bible says. Yeah, yeah, sure. So Jason, uh, just to wrap up, what we've really seen here this morning is the Bible is not only historically accurate, but it's very scientifically sound when it comes to health principles.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. So um, in terms of uh, what we've shared today. Um, what What's the key takeaways that people can take? Obviously, the scriptures have some sound information. Yep. What What's your advice to people?
1: My advice to people, Jason, is this book is not just fairy tales because oftentimes people think of it as myths and legends. But what we've been seeing the last three weeks in these programs is number one, it is historically accurate. Therefore, we can trust it. Now we're seeing that it's very practical to life today. So let's look at seriously at the information it carries because it is, in this case, sound, sound scientifically yep. when it comes to these health principles. So, Jason, let me tell you, I discovered these things years ago. Well, now myself, I was about 19 years of age. I'd be in the box by now. If it hadn't have been for these principles, that and I'd I'm not start. going to
0: ask your age, Gary, but no, you're not 20.
1: No, I'm not 20. <laughs> Maybe just a little older. <laughs> but yeah, you know what I mean. I I I'm a Type A person, and I love all lots of stuff. But I've realised these principles really help help us, and it and it's really helped me in the, in over my life.
0: You know, um, I, I was reading a study too, just on the, the plant based diet, uh, a study um, that's relevant to me that in immunotherapy, which is a new treatment for cancer, they've found that people who have a diet which is high in fiber, which obviously you get from a plant based diet, not a meat based diet, mm. have um, five times, that's 500%, the positive response rate to the treatment.
1: Wow, that's Compared to
0: those who have a low fiber, um, an unhealthy diet, basically. Yeah. So yeah. it's amazing how some of these basic principles have a, a huge health impacts, so even, even when having treatments that are modern treatments with uh, drug based therapies and things, but having the good diet changes the outcome massively. That's 10% right. positive response rate versus 50% positive response rate.
1: Yeah, incredible. Yeah. So, Jason, you know, when we think about what we, where we've been on this journey today, Very, very good for COVID-19, the Bible's principles. Quarantining. Quarantining, washing hands, and so on and so forth. And then, of course, plant-based diet, be careful how much animal fats we eat, and so on. Very relevant today. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, Gary, uh, we're just about out of time now. I'll just remind our listeners the code for today's book, which is Health and Wellness we've, we've uh, told you a little bit about that um, I'll just uh, give you one more bit of information about it it says uh, contained in these insightful chapters is an emphasis on making wise choices about the riches entrusted to each of us a body that has the potential to heal itself a mind capable of it, of the extraordinary and a spirit that longs to be reunited with the creator this book not only offers a roadmap for a, a healthier more productive life it provides the greatest gift of all the reason for the journey It's an awesome book I would highly recommend it and so please text us in on 0488 880 891 and the code word is DIG and the number 2 just DIG 2 we hope to hear from you uh, remember we've also got the live more projects you can text us the word live more if you want to find out more about that as well now Gary next week what have you got for us next
1: week well, we talked about Babylonian psychic. I started introduce that today. The prophet Daniel, who lived a used a followed the principles of a sound based, uh, you know, good diet. Next uh, week, Jason, I want to talk about the godless delusion beyond belief. We've heard about the God delusion, <laughs> famous book. Um, but uh, the godless delusion, that's what I want to talk about. We're going to be looking at some incredible things in this book that show us, wow, it knows what the future holds.
0: Okay. And tomorrow's program, we have Raiko Chelich, and he's going to be uh, presenting more about the final week of Jesus' ministry, and tomorrow's topic is questioning Jesus' authority. So as we finish off today. We just hope that uh, the rest of your day is a good one. And we pray that you can join us tomorrow with RICO and next week with Gary Webster. Thanks for listening.